Good afternoon, everybody. What's going on? This is John Barrows, Jay Barrows Consulting. Hopefully, y'all had a fantastic weekend as usual. Uh, mine was pretty legit. Just kind of hung out with the family and relaxed a little bit. Uh, we're coming up on a very busy season for me. And, uh, you know, today we were going to have a guest talk about uh, coaching and those type of things. But for some reason, we had a little bit of a schedule mix up. So I'm going to go this one solo. And the one thing I wanted to t touch on because of the busy season that we're coming up on right now is networking events. So, I mean, September is jammed full of networking events and, and just events in general. So we have, for instance, <clears throat> uh, 10 Bound, which is out in San Francisco on the 30th of August. Then we have uh, Hypergrowth on September 4th, which is Drift's conference. Then we got Inbound starting on the 4th as well here in Boston for HubSpot. On the 6th, there's an AAISP event here in Boston. And then, of course, the big mother of all events, the 24th, Dreamforce out in San Francisco. So with that, September is inevitably the biggest month uh, for people just getting back into gear, right? Getting back into, all right, let's get shit done here. So, And all these events are starting... Uh, are, are just a great opportunity in a lot of different ways. I always tell people the number one thing you can do as a sales professional to help you develop as a well-rounded sales professional, especially if you're inside and you're looking to go into the field or whatever it is, is to go to events because they're the perfect place to practice. So if you've been following me before, you hear that, you know, I've said this before where uh, the, I think I forget what the study is, but it talks about how we communicate as human beings. And it's broken down into 8, 35, 57. 8% of the way that we communicate as human beings is the words that we use. 35% is the tonality and how we use those words. And the other 57% is body language, right? That's why face-to-face -face selling is so much easier than phone sales, right? Anybody ever tells you that face-to-face -face selling is harder than phone sales, tell them to shut up. Because if I, because I can sit in front of you for an hour and I could say something stupid and watch your face go a little sideways and be like, hey, I, I'm sorry, I was just kidding on that one, We're gonna, you know, and see and adjust, right? Whereas over the phone, I have no idea whether you're just putting me on hold or on mute. And so with the phone, we're only dealing with 43% of the way that people communicate, but in person, 100%. So that's why networking events, I don't go to networking events to find business, by the way. If I do, that's fantastic. But the main reason I go to networking events and, and events like this outside of learning from whatever the presenters are there to speak about is to practice my pitch. Because when you sit there and you say to somebody, hey, nice to meet you, you know, tell me what you do. That's the typical, hey, what do you do, right? And you give them your elevator pitch. If you watch their eyes glaze over, or if you watch them look right, you know, across your shoulder instead of looking at you in the eyes, or if you if you watch them drink their beer a little bit faster than they were drinking it before, which is my little trick for getting out of crappy conversations. I always walk around to events with my beer about, you know, a couple of sips left or whatever. And then if I'm in a crappy conversation, it's like, hey, I got to grab a beer. I'll be right back. So if that's happening in front of you, what do you think is happening over the phone? And then forget about that from a practice standpoint practicing your pitch, but also the additional benefits of going to events like this. It gets you out of your comfort zone, gets you comfortable with just interrupting conversations and trying to carry conversations, which is huge. So it's a confidence booster. Uh, and if you find business out of it, 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 it's, you know, that's the cherry on top, if you will. Now, Morgan and I have been doing a lot of uh, analysis on his closed, on, on all the deals he's actually closed over the course of this past year. And a huge portion of them 
are tied to events where maybe he cold called, cold called and had a conversation, maybe sent an email. And then all of a sudden that person showed up in an event he was at and were able to meet him face to face. And we're finding that him meeting people face to face at events, right? They're accelerating the deal process and the close ratio is way higher than if we don't. So that's why this is the season to get after it, all right? And now hopefully everybody has kind of gotten recharged here in August and are ready to get back after it in September. So that's what this this uh, podcast is going to be about and let's make it happen. So if you have, if you have questions, obviously feel free to chime in, but I'm just going to riff here because a while back I did, um, I, I put out a post and, and we'll put it, we'll include it here and you can Google it. It's on my blog. It's a networking guide. So it's a guide to getting the most out of networking events and take a look at it because it gives you some structure to go through to, to how to uh, approach events and then how to like how to evaluate them in the first place and then how to approach them and how to get the most out of them. So you're not just wasting your time there because I've been to literally hundreds of events in my career, if not thousands. And I can tell you when I go in with a plan, I am so much more efficient and I get so much more out of them than if I just go and show up to see what happens. So with that. Let's talk about how you even look at events in the first place, because that's one of the things like there are so many events. You got to figure out which ones are the best ones for you to go to. Um, And especially if you're looking for a driving business, you got to take a look at the event. Make a phone call to the um, to the host or whoever it is and just ask them, what are the demographics? Who Who typically shows up? They'll all have the numbers if they've done this event in the past of. How many people have showed up to the last event? What was the demographic of it? Were they leaders? Were they reps? Were they in certain industries? Because the more you can hone in on kind of what your ideal customer profile is and where they are from an event standpoint, the better event you're going to get to. And again, every host will tell you the details. They won't, they won't give you the names of, you know, the companies and that type of thing, but they'll give you the, the demographics. Okay. Um, and you want to see if anybody else has been there before. Like if you if you can kind of look in your network, maybe post a, post it out there on LinkedIn or something and say, hey, has anybody ever been to 10 Bound before? And what's your feedback from that? I'd love to get your insights because I'm trying to figure out where to maximize my time from an event standpoint this year. So once you do your due diligence and just like prospecting, you tier out the events. You got your tier one events, your tier two events, and your tier three events. Your tier one events are the, whoa, those are the ones I absolutely have to go to. The tier two events are the ones like, hey, if I can get to them, definitely. And the tier threes, if you have extra time or if you want to practice on certain things, you do. But I tend to focus my efforts on mostly the tier ones these days. And sometimes the tier twos, if I have an extra, you know, night or something like that, which is rare these days. So with that as a kind of a preface to, okay, now I'm going to go into this event. Now I have this strategy here. Now I'll take a look at, again, who are the, who are the sponsors? Because a lot of times those are prospects for you. And, and what based on who shows up, what are your goals for this event? All right. Now, goal setting, you've heard me talk about it before, is one of the most important things you can do at any stage of the sales process, at any part of your career. And you write down goals, right? Y'all like crossing stuff off a list, right? There's something oddly satisfying about crossing something off a list. So make yourself feel good, right? So write down, what are your goals for this event? My goals typically revolve around how many people in my target audience I want to talk to, how many cards or contact information I want to get, and how many follow-up meetings I want scheduled from that event, okay? So usually it's in the realm of, if it's say if it's a one or a two-hour event, Usually it's in the realm of, you know, I want to talk to 10 people who are in my target audience. Um, I want to get five uh, follow-up meetings scheduled with those people 
on the calendar, right? Not just, oh yeah, let's talk next week, but actually schedule them on the calendar. And I want to try to find at least one piece of business out of every single event. So if I go 10, five, one, now what happens is you can actually divide up your time and you can be very, very objective about your approach. So here's an example. If I go in to uh, say it's a, say I know I'm going to be at the event. I only have an hour to be at the event. And my goal is to get 10 conversations and five follow-up calls. Well, that means if I'm only there for an hour, 10 conversations, that's six minutes per conversation. And the good thing about timing your conversations, at least mentally here, is that now you get in and out of conversations, whether they're good or bad. All right. So if you're in a good conversation, the challenge with getting in good conversations with people is you want to keep talking to them because it's a great conversation and it, and it becomes very comfortable to stay in that conversation. But the problem is there is if you're if you're having that conversation and it's a potential lead for you, for instance, you might oversell yourself. You might you might talk too much and then there wouldn't be any need for a follow up call because sometimes we get so enamored with, oh, this is somebody and I want to close them right there. You're not going to close them on your solution right there. You can close them on the next step. And so if you think of it as every engagement as a timed engagement where you have six minutes to get in and get out, then you can do six, you know, six minutes, 10 meetings, 60 minutes. There's your 10 conversations. Um, and then your five meetings, for instance, the way that I typically approach things is, you know, that's what I'm trying to schedule. I don't want to send you an email after the event saying it was great meeting at the event, whatever, and send a typical marketing crap out there that everybody else does. If you are interested in what I am saying, then I'm going to try to lock you in right then and there for a follow-up meeting next day. And this leads to another part of our approach to events, which is you want to come up with what I call your attention grabbers. So when somebody says, what do you do? You want to figure out, what do I say in that five to 15 seconds to get them engaged in a conversation? And if you go back to the old school, Glenn, Gary, Glenn Ross, A-I-D-A, right? Attention, interest, desire, action. Those are the four mental stages we all need to go through before we buy something. And we have five to 15 seconds to get someone's attention, two minutes to earn their interest. And then we close them on something to drive their desire and action. So at an event, really all I'm trying to do, I'm not trying to sell Jay Barrow's consulting services, right? That, 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 that There's not enough time to do that. And, and it's not the right format to do that. What I'm selling is I'm selling time. I'm selling the next step. So what I'm doing is I'm hitting you with something that's ideally an attention grabber that's relevant to your persona. I'll give you an easy example here when I go to Dreamforce, right? VPs of sales in the SaaS industry at, at Dreamforce, when they say, John, what do you do? I don't go sales training consulting for Fortune 500 companies. It guarantees you the results you're looking for at every stage of the sales process. Nah, nobody gives a shit about that. But in that scenario, to that persona at that event, when somebody says, John, what do you do? Attention grabber. I train Salesforce how to sell. And wait for it, right? Because inevitably, I'm going to get the, how do you do that? And that's the response you're looking for. When you tell somebody what you do, you're looking for them to say, what? Or tell me more. How do you do that? And then you give them a little bit interest, right? I, you give them a little bit more, say, hey, you know what? Um, so, I, so I trained Salesforce how to sell. How do you do that? Well, I've trained about 5,000 other sales professionals on prospecting techniques to drive immediate business into the pipeline. It's all about doing some research on an account, you know, coming up with five, six different messages, telling a story and then firing off to an executive, getting a referral down. And we get about a, you know, a 10 to 15% response rate on that, having a good time doing it. Interesting, tell me more. Well, now that I know I got your attention, I know you're interested. Why don't we take a step back and talk about your situation and see if it makes sense for us to take the next steps here with your, with your company, right? 
And, and usually I'll say, look, it's a mess around here. There's a lot of people going, going back and forth. I'm sure you're here to meet as many people as I am. So why don't we just schedule something next week where you and I can actually have a dedicated conversation about this? Um, you know what? Actually, do you have your iPhone on you? And then shh, see what happens, right? I know you do. It's right there in your pocket, right? Why don't you take it out? Why don't we schedule something right here? I, so I schedule meetings, right? And I make it awkward. I'm like, yep, it's right there. Uh, because if they're serious, if they're genuinely interested in what you're talking about there, they'll, they'll no problem schedule that call. So my calendar after events like that is littered with 15 to 30 minute qualification calls. And I don't send one of those. It was great meeting you at Dreamforce meet, uh, messages afterwards that every marketing department sends out afterwards. Okay. So the concept there is AI close on 15 minutes. Attention, interest, close on 15 minutes, close on 30 minutes, close on that next step. Another approach that you can use is, is to actually qualify while somebody is asking you the question. So, for instance, when somebody comes up to you and says, hey, John, you know, so, yeah, what do you, you know, nice to meet you. What do you do? You'd be like, well, I do a lot of different things. You know, and, um, let me ask you real quick. Uh, what, what kind of co what company do you work for again? What industry is that in? And, uh, and what's your role within that industry? Oh, OK, cool. Um, so for clients like you, for people in you, in your situation, in those type of industries, this is what we do, right? Because your message should be tailored to the different personas of the value you bring, right? Because the value I bring to a VP of sales is, is different than the value I bring to a VP of marketing or the value to a CEO, right? And so if I can figure that out, well, we show VPs of sales how to this, or we show VPs of marketing or directors of marketing how to this. And that's how they leverage our training. Because the more specific you can make to that person's persona, if you will, the more, the more they're going to engage with you in that conversation. So I'll ask them a couple of qualifying questions, even though they, it doesn't seem like I'm qualifying them. I'm just putting some context around my, my value proposition. So if you come up with those, if you understand, if you're going into an event, you understand the types of personas that are there, you come up with two or three attention grabbers, and you know what your goal is as far as meeting 10 people, having five follow-up meetings, and closing one piece of business. Now you go in with a game plan, and now you're just you, you're grabbing every single person you know, hey, nice to meet you, uh, what do you do? And then after you get into a little bit of a conversation, again, the easy out, whether it's a good or bad conversation, six-minute mentality here, to say, you know what, again, thank you so much. It looks like there's more for us to talk about here. Why don't we schedule some time next week so that you and I can both get the most out of this? And by the way, throw this one in there too, who else are you looking to meet here, just out of curiosity? Is there anybody, any, anybody specific you're trying to meet here at this event? Because as I go around and talk to other people, if I come across somebody like that, I'll point, them, I'll point them in your direction. Is that cool? So now you can kind of give them value, by the way, by, by saying, hey, who else are you here to meet? And if you meet one of those people, I'll point them in your direction. Right? So with that approach, again, now you can get in and out of conversations. It doesn't matter. You don't have to feel rude walking away because you put it on them. I'm sure you're here to meet as many people as I am and get the most out of our event together here. So I'm going to give you some time back here. Why don't we just follow up next week? So now you got your goals down, you got your messaging right. You know what you're closing for. You're not trying to get stuck in conversations. And then, you, you know, obviously you make sure you come prepared with business cards and all that stuff, even though I don't know a ton of people that use business cards in the SaaS space anymore. But if they do, um, a quick tip I have for you on this one is if they use a business card, all right, right after you get out of the conversation with them, what I, I, I usually carry a pen with me. 
So after the conversation, if it's a really good, hot, hot lead, if you will, or a really good prospect for me, what I'll do is I'll take their business card. I'll fold it over like this, right? Because a lot of times I'll come home with a stack of 15, 20, 30 business cards. And I don't want to have to, follow, you know, a lot of them are just not necessary to follow up with. But I want to know the ones that I should be following up with, right? So I'll put a little, I'll fold this over and I'll write on the back some key points during the conversation. So it talked about growth of sales team, you know, he or she likes this, whatever it is. So in my follow-up email to them or in my follow-up conversation with them, I can reference those points of conversation um, so that, so that, you know, they can tell I was paying attention. All right. So make sure that you write down on the back of your card, some key points that you had the conversation about. So in your follow-up emails or your follow-up conversations, you can reference those and then you're good to go. Um, you know, events, I, I, you can, you can go with colleagues. Okay. But please don't get stuck talking to your own people or the people that you're most comfortable with, because that is just a waste of time. All right. I got plenty of friends out there. I, I, you know, I don't spend enough time with my family and friends for crying out loud. So me, for me to go to an event for two hours and talk to friends and people I know is an absolute waste of time. I'm going there to make money, to practice, to, to practice my pitch or my flow or whatever it is. So that's why going in with a goal. And if you have teammates, if you have people who are there with you, whether it's at a trade booth or something like that, you can tag team and say, okay, cool. You take that side of the room. I'll take this side of the room. We'll meet in the middle. Right. Um, this is also relevant to trade show booths. So if you're in the, in right now, if you're going to be at inbound and you're going to have a booth, you're going to be at Dreamforce and you're going to have a booth. These are selling engagements. This is not just pure marketing, ladies and gentlemen, people who come up to your booth are very, are, are potentially interested in buying your product. So that's, you again, practice your attention grabbers when people come to you and say, so what's this all about? Right. Instead of just giving the, the elevator pitch again, qualify. So what role are you? What kind of company? How many employees do you have at your company? Oh, OK, cool. For companies like you, people like you and your roles and your companies, this is what we do. Right. Is that something of interest to you? Actually, it is because, you know, how are you currently doing that now? And then tailor your conversation towards what their needs are, but don't try to oversell them. And then, yeah, make sure you get the badge. Right. You get the so marketing can send the emails. But if they seem to be pretty interested I would always have my laptop in the corner of, of a booth with my calendar open and say, hey, you know what? Why don't we just pick a time now for next week where we can schedule some time to talk? We'll talk through it in detail. If it's not a right fit, it's not a right fit. But at least this way, we can kind of get something on the calendar now. We don't have to play chase, right? Because everybody knows what happens after an event, right? When somebody comes in and puts their card in or gets scanned, they know they're going to get 700 emails from people. So let's just cut through the crap and talk about what we can actually you know, have a realistic conversation around. Um, so those are some tips that you can do to get the most out of events and trade shows. Another one, actually, Luke, Lucas brought up uh, my colleague here, which is a good one is take a look at the hashtags, uh, for the event itself. So you can follow those hashtags and then you can actually follow the people that post based on those hashtags. So you can see who's going to be at the event and try to follow people who are more of the influencers or tweeting or posting about it. And maybe it's not them that you want to go after, but you know their company is going to be there. So we identify somebody else at the company who's going to be there that you're going to try to get in, in front of. So those are some tips on, on getting the most out of events. Pract use them as practice. I can't tell you the value that, that um, networking events have had in my career. And, and I'll kind of go way back in the, in the, in the time machine. I, when I was starting Thrive Networks, my first company, when we did outsourced IT services, right? 
I had no, I mean, I was 25 and we literally had no money. I mean, there was no money. We were self-funded. And so I had to do everything I could to find out how to, how to drum a business. Right. So I looked at channels, channels of sales. So cold calling was obviously a channel, uh, SEO and website optimization or inbound leads was a channel. Partnerships was a channel. Events was a channel. And I would look at events very specifically to say, how many meetings can I generate out of a very specific event? And that played into my strategy moving forward, because the more events I went to, the more people I I was able to connect with. And I looked at it very specifically as how much money I could generate. Right. But early on in my career, you know, I I was part of this group called uh, BNI, which is Business Networking International. And for anybody who's, who's kind of just getting into sales, I'd really recommend taking a look. Every single city has one. Uh, there's Every town has one almost. It's called BNI, Business Networking International. And it's a group where you meet once a week. It's usually like seven o'clock in the morning or something like that. And uh, and everybody, there's probably anywhere between 10 and 30 people in every group. And you can't have a competitor in the group. So there, if, if there's another sales trainer in there, I wouldn't be allowed in. What you have to do is you you have to stand up. It's a very structured way of networking. So you have to stand up. You give your 30-second pitch to everybody every day or every time you meet. And then you go around and you actually give leads. And these leads aren't, oh, this person, you should call this person. This is, no, no, this person expecting your call. They need your services, okay? The reason I bring them up is because their mentality and what they instilled in me early on was the whole, actually, their tagline is giver's gain, right? Giver's gain, which means the more you give, the more you get back. And I, I mean, it was absolutely 100% true. When I would give out a ton of leads, I might not get some that day, but four or five, six weeks later, all of a sudden people would start be giving me leads, right? So that was my mentality when going to events is I was always looking for ways to make connections to people and not always just like, hey, I want to sell you something, obviously, right? Nobody wants to be around that guy. Um, I mean, you know, you've all, if you've been to events, you know, the, uh, what is it? The um, life insurance reps. Like I love him to death, right? My, I got my life insurance guy, Mike, you're great. But life insurance reps, I mean, all they want to do is talk to you about your situation and ask for referrals to everybody else that you know, your family, your friends, all that stuff. And it gets a little annoying. So if you're constantly pushing on people of closing and asking for stuff, like, you know, that's going to get a little old fast. But if you're constantly looking for ways to help other people out, then you'd be amazed what happens, right? Because I focused a lot of time. I probably went on... I probably went to, I don't know, three to four events a week in Boston, a week, like every day I would go, I was part of three or four networking groups in the mornings every week. Right. And then I would do my cold calling and meetings all day long. And then I would go to three or four events every single week. And, um, I did that for a very long period, five or six years. Um, again, we had no money. So I was our marketing department. Right. And, uh, and I would help out people. I'd, I'd make introductions. Oh, you need to talk to that person and this person and this person. And eventually it would come around to me, you know, every once in a while, but where it really came around to me and those relationships that I developed through BNI, through networking, helping, making connections to people, not only did it help me practice and hone in on my skills of being able to connect with people in a short, concise way, but it also paid bared fruit when I started my own company. So when, when Basho, for those of you who don't know the story, you know, I, I sold that little company to Staples, Staples then <laughs> fired me uh, or offered me another position. And then I, I worked for Basho and Basho, you know, a year and a half, I'm doing the training. Everything's good. New CEO comes in, tanks the company, fires everybody, 
you know, and now I'm looking for now we basically, me and my other business partner, we took over Basho as, as Kensei partners. And it was funny because as soon as we were like, we were fired, we had to start a company and, you, and it's not trivial to start a company. I mean, all the things that, that this is why it always cracks me up when people are like, oh yeah, I could be an entrepreneur. I could, you know, I could run a business really. Do you know all the details that are involved in running a fucking business as far as payroll, as far as finance and accounting and and uh, HR and all these different resources? Like you need to set up a lot of shit to get a business really going and like a legitimate business. Right. And so when we split, it was like, oh, crap, what do we do? And I remember I called up every single person that I knew that I had done tons of favors for earlier in my career. And I called in those favors. And so I was, I called up my buddy who did payroll and I was like, Hey Mike, um, you know what? I'm starting, I got to get my company off the ground. I need payroll right now. Can you help me out? He's like, yeah, you know what, John, I'll give you free payroll for six months. Let's just get you set up and let's get you rocking. All right, great. Thanks. Legal. Hey, yeah, absolutely. John, let me send you over some contracts. Why don't you just start with those and then we'll build from there. Uh, you know, phone, uh, set up, uh, accounting, like you name it. It was a phone call away. And I, I just called in all those favors and we website, right? All that stuff. So literally in a week, fully functioning business, legally certified, all these different things. I remember my business partner was like, holy shit, like how, how did you make, how'd you get this all set up so fast, right? And it was like, well, you know, I, I did a ton of networking early in my career and all those people I know and trust. And uh, they're all more than willing to help me out based on all the effort that I put in early. So Uh, For those of you out there trying to take a little bit more control over your career, for those of you out there who are trying to build your own personal brands um, and and really figure out how to hone your craft in sales, uh, networking events is is one of the best ways you can do it. But make sure you're structured and make sure you're prepared, because if you're not, like I said, it can be a huge waste of time. Um, And there's other things that you could and should be doing otherwise. But I really do think taking a planned approach to networking events will help you understand what the ROI is. And then you can go back to your managers and look for more, you know, funding for or or more expense accounts to go to more events if the results are there. And if you do the 10, 5, 1 type scenario and your average deal size is, I don't know, anything north of 10 grand, 20 grand or something like that two hours to get $20,000 worth of revenue for probably 50 bucks that you guys spend on that event, or even $500 that you spend at that event is totally worth the investment, right? There were some people, um, we were at, uh, uh, what was it? Um, I forget the event that we were at a, a few weeks ago. Oh, flip my funnel. And what was so encouraging to me was I saw more than a few reps out there who had taken PTO, right? Time off. And, and, and to just to go to the events and their company had paid for it, but they literally took time off out of their, out of their, you know, paid time off stuff to come to these events, which first of all, again, was a little frustrating for me to hear that, that uh, executives were forcing reps to take time off to go to events, but that's a different story. <clears throat> but those reps, I guarantee you, those are the reps that are going to excel and succeed in their careers, whether it's at their existing company or not them having the initiative to say, I want to go to this, really put them on the map from my perspective as, as reps who gave a shit, who wanted to improve themselves and were putting themselves out there. And there's ones that I remember. And if they come knocking one day, I'll definitely give them the benefit of the doubt as far as having a conversation with them just because of seeing their effort. Uh, one more tip that just kind of popped into mind, and this is where I think video comes in really, really handy because uh, we're almost up here on the hour. But 
you know, video in, uh, we're working with Vidyard to do video prospecting where video is actually fantastic. In my opinion is following up from events. So for instance, uh, the kid got me last time at sales loft. What he did was we had a rainmaker, we had a good conversation. And then right after that conversation, he did a Snapchat video to me. He was like, Hey John, thanks so much for that conversation. I really appreciate it. Um, and then after that, so that was during the day. So I saw it on snap and I put the name to a face again. And then the next day he sent me a vineyard video saying, Hey John, thank you so much for the call yesterday. Here's what we talked about. We'd love to get some time on your calendar. And out of all the people that I talked about, uh, talked to uh, during that, um, during that event, he was the only one I followed up with. So use video as well. Okay. All right, so we're going to wrap it up here. Um, we're going to post on this, on the Facebook Live session here, uh, the networking guide so that you can go take a look at that and use that to help get yourself prepared. It has a lot of the stuff that I talked about it in today. Uh, we're probably going to put a blog post out there about it this Thursday so you can look for it there. And uh, for anybody listening on the podcast, just Google Jay Barrow's networking guide and you'll find it, all right? So hopefully everybody's having a great day and getting ready to crush it in September here. If you're still chilling out and relaxing, please recharge those batteries so that you can hit the ground running come uh, after Labor Day here. And uh, let's go make it happen. All right, everybody, have a great week. Later.